Hello, this is Judy Rodman. You're listening to All Things Vocal Podcast. This is the audio version of the blog you can find at judyrodman.com. Today's episode is my interview with Linda Bruno, a renowned voiceover talent based in New York. You'll notice, by the way we start the conversation, that we talked a few weeks ago during the spring snowstorm that blanketed the Northeast. From a background in musical theater and radio broadcasting, Linda developed voiceover skills that have landed her a client list of some of the biggest companies in the world. She provides character voices and accents for Universal Comedy Network pronounces difficult medical terminology for Pfizer pharmaceutical spots, and voices banking information over the phone. Linda's voice is used daily for television, radio, and multimedia formats all over the world. Currently, she is the voice of HSN, Home Shopping Network, Disney Junior for Southeast Asia, Fandango, The Weather Channel, as well as the voice of Alex for the United Airlines website. Her retail clients include Costco, Walmart, Bed Bath, and beyond. And this list is only the tip of the iceberg for her fabulous career that is currently spanning 20 years. Now here's the interview. Okay, Linda. So you are calling me from your place in New York. Why was it that you were just a couple of minutes late getting on the call? Well, over the weekend, (laughs) we got three feet of snow. So everyone is in this (laughs) mass panic of trying to dig out and driving like crazy and oh, the traffic is horrible. So I'm a, I'm a little flustered, but I'm calming down. Doesn't it feel so good to know that you can sit in your office and do things by Skype and do things uh, on record rather than have to actually go someplace and show up to do the work? <laughs> It is such a gift, especially when, you know, maybe I don't look as great today or my hair doesn't look fabulous. Ah, (laughs) isn't that the truth? Yes. I can hide it. Yes, and you and I work by Skype, too. That's where I met you. Yes. Long live the Internet. (laughs) Yes. All right, well, let's let's talk. Your career, uh, the stats on your website look like a who's who of major market (laughs) for for people that you've worked with. So congratulations on your stellar career. And I tell you what, let's start out with, first of all, what's the term that you prefer people to use for someone in your line of work? Voiceover actor, voiceover artist, or voiceover talent? What's the correct uh, nomenclature here? I mean, I consider myself an actor, but I think the common term is voiceover talent. You know, the majority of the clients recognize us by, but, mm-hmm. you know, at, at heart you should be an actor. Uh, yeah. But voiceover talent would be the, the easiest Okay. All right. Well, I understand that you spent some time in radio. Uh, You also, I know, have a great singing voice. So how did your journey lead you into the field of doing voiceover? Well, I have an interesting beginning because when I was 18 years old, my father used to work in marketing down in Miami, where we were living at the time. Ah. And he was having um directing a voiceover session and now i'd always done like theater in high school and sung in choirs and things like that and so he said to me hey do you want to come down and watch a voiceover session happen this woman connie zimmett is is working for me and i'd love for you to see it and i was like all right so me naive little me went down there 18 years old and i see this woman sitting in this little box which was basically a vocal booth with a little window and she's in there with her script and her headphones on and and my father's coaching her and saying oh that sounds great connie take a second off there you know add two seconds here and i'm listening to her and how she manipulated the copy 
and her timings were so perfect and it's like something like clicked in me yeah i want to do that you know yeah it's amazing uh, what goes into just simply talking isn't it Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and just you could just see how she was able to handle these words and these phrases. And luckily, she was teaching a class. So she, oh. um, yeah, let me come into the class. And my father said, just be honest. I don't want you to, you know, lie about her talent just to make me happy. Just tell me if there's anything there. And I got into the booth, and she pulled me aside, and she said, you have a natural talent at this. You could you could make a lot of money one day if you wanted to do this. That's all I had to hear. <laughs> so I went, okay, wow. and I dove in. I dove in. Wow. You know, uh, it's funny. I used to be a, on staff at a jingle company in uh, Memphis, and I've seen the use of singing jingles really disappear. I mean, they still happen, but it's every product, you know, used to need one. But it doesn't look like there's any product out there that doesn't need spoken word marketing and promotion. And I'm wondering what you see uh, in the field. Is it is it overcrowded or oversaturated? Do you do you think there's room for new skilled voiceover people? Uh, do you see it tightening up or opening up? Um, you know what? It it has changed so much in the last 20 years since I started because with the Internet coming on board and making it so much easier for people to communicate and for, you know, clients to find a voice, that I do feel that there are so many more opportunities for voices to be used, you know, in all different mm-hmm. formats, online, you know, the web, the, um, you know, before YouTube videos, there's those, you know, those little commercials <laughs> that run. You know, you, you can hear voice anywhere. So there's a lot more applications out there, but the market has become very flooded with voiceover talent because now you can basically buy a microphone and a little laptop and sit in your closet and claim your voiceover talent. There is a lot of um, people out there that are doing this as a side gig. They figure they're going to, you know, hit it big and, oh, I'll do this as a part-time job and blah, blah, blah. And the fact is there are so many of them <laughs> that it's kind of watering, you know, it's watering down the talent pool. So we, those of us that have been at it a long time have to work that much harder to try to get out of that large you know i think it's uh it, it sort of parallels what's happening in the music market with indie artists in that there is a lot of noise out there there are a lot more people doing it because the gear is available and yes. all the more reason that you have to keep your chops up you have to be good at what yes. you're doing right yeah you have to differentiate yourself somehow because otherwise you just get lost in the shuffle and mm-hmm. everyone is getting pounded with so much information constantly that you have to find a way to differentiate yourself. And that's, that's the biggest challenge that, you know, me and my peers are, we are facing because there was a point in time when it was, we were the only people in the game. So it was easier to book the jobs, you know, and it was, right, and right. the jobs paid a lot more <laughs> now right. because there's so many people, the jobs are paying a lot less. So you have do you have uh, unions involved? I know you have agents involved. Are there unions involved yeah. in what you do? Yeah. There are there's a Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA. So SAG yeah, I'm an, I'm a member of that as well, and and so you're okay. a member of mm-hmm. Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA, and they uh, keep the price uh, of the more major work and and the residuals up, right? Yes, yeah, they they work the contracts out, and and you know for union talent that want to go that route, they stick with them. The problem is that the the number of union jobs has lessened. Uh, sure. So. There's a lot more non-union jobs, so people that are non-union talent 
are working for whatever rates they negotiate themselves, which is different. Right. You know, but the union negotiates with the major market people and the networks and stuff yeah. like that. So that that's helpful, isn't it? But all the more reason that you have to stay on top of your game, and I think both artistically and marketing yourself, don't you? Oh, definitely. And you also have to, you know, be willing to give up on a job that isn't a quality mm-hmm. job or something that's going to pay well because, you know, I'd rather wait for the better job to come along than doing, mm-hmm. you know, ten fifty dollar jobs. I'd rather have one five hundred dollar job, you know. Um, yes, so, and you you kinda earned that right after being in the market for yeah. twenty years and doing really well. I particularly love this testimonial on your site. This one is from the Universal Comedy Network, and the reason I like it is because it speaks to your variability as a voice. Mike Hand, who is the producer, says, due to the nature of our business, we ask a lot of Linda, whether we need a voice that's soft and caring, sultry and sexy, larger than life and animated, or just a terrific straight read. Linda always brings experience creativity, and a really great set of pipes to our projects. We love working with Linda. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's, I, I work with him on, on an almost daily basis because uh, Universal Comedy Network supplies uh, show prep for radio stations across the country. And it's comedy. Wow. It's all comedy. So they'll come to me and, and you know, I usually work with them in the afternoons because they're writing their bits for the following day. And they'll say, hey, uh, you know, can you sound like Bart Simpson? You know, can you, I need a, I need a line, uh, you need to be Hillary Clinton today. You know, and I'm not a dead-on impersonator. I don't claim to be that. But we have to do kind of a caricature of the the famous person to make it funny. I love the way on your site that you have categorized some of your demo reels. And some of them are really character acting uh, stuff, and I had no idea you could do that. It's hilarious (laughs) to hear your different voices. It's so much fun. It's actually the the most fun that I have uh, during my day, because everything else I do is pretty straightforward. (laughs) (laughs) That leads me to a question I was going to ask you. You have been an announcer for some really heady events, I understand. What's been the most fun or scary or unusual or exhilarating things you've done in the field of voiceover? Um, I would say I worked in radio for 16 years, so I have to exclude that because being in radio is, is one a very exciting thing to do, but it is it is a different animal than voiceover. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the most exhilarating thing that I did where I was scared out of my wits um, was a, they call it VOG, Voice of God or Voice of Goddess, and you do <laughs> live announce at events. So, VOG. Like an award oh. show. Yeah, so we, yeah. We, we are Voice of Goddess. So I was doing a Voice of Goddess for the She Awards at Radio City Music Hall here in New York City, which that alone was enough to keep me completely freaked out. And yeah. some of the names of the people that I got to announce were, you know, like Fran Drescher and, and uh, the biggest one that I got, and I got to meet her, was Meryl Streep. Oh, my and goodness. I, I know, and it was so crazy because I'm backstage, and it's all dark back there, and uh, just me on this little tiny little table with a little lamp, and I am not engaging with anybody. I've got my headphones on. I'm listening to the cues when, you know, when I have to announce somebody. And there's a speaker in front of me, a large speaker in front of me. And I see this woman go and sit on the speaker. And she looks at me and she goes, do you mind if I sit here? And I'm like, no, no, no problem. And then she goes, hi, I'm Meryl. And she puts her hand out. Uh, I looked up and I was, my, Judy, my jaw was like, 
hi, I'm Linda. And she's like, okay, I want to make sure I wouldn't be bothering you by sitting here. I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I can't believe this person is sitting there. But that was probably the most exhilarating experience I've ever had as as far as a voiceover. You know, talent. you know, and since your field does involve some acting, that all the more reason. I really have the utmost respect for oh, Meryl Streep yeah. just forever. She's been my favorite actress. Uh, so I, I can totally imagine how much fun that was. What has been the most frustrating problem that you've run into, or what are some things that you have found difficult, and how do you deal with them? Um, sometimes during sessions, clients don't really know what they want. Oh, my goodness, and, I remember that from the Jingle, right, uh, jingle okay. World stuff. Oh, yeah. Right, and it seems that no matter what you do, they just don't. I guess they don't hear what it is. And even though you've auditioned for them, you've you've gone through all the preliminary where they've said, yeah, we want to hire you. And then every once in a while, I would only say it's maybe 2% of the time. It's very small. And this is fresh for me because on Friday I had one of these sessions. And <laughs> the, the client was just like they weren't happy with anything, and they kept saying, yeah, 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 you're almost there. You're almost there with the read. I'm on take 18 at this point. And right. I say, great. Perfect. That's exactly what we want. Just give us a safety, which means give another one exactly like it. So uh-huh. I do. I do. You know, I'm a trained monkey. I do the exact same thing. And the woman says, Because the client oh, is that... always right, even when they don't. Right. <laughs> right, right. I said, right. Um, I, did, I finished the take, and she goes, oh, was that a playback of, of uh, you know, the last take, the one we liked? And the producer says, no, that's the new take. That's the safety. And she goes, oh, well, we didn't like that one. <laughs> so, you know. I know, and you're scratching. And you got to roll with it, don't you? Yeah. Yep. You can't do anything. You just have to go. Okay. What else can I do for you today? <laughs> this happens in the background vocal singing too. Sometimes in the bigger yeah. arenas with the, some of the bigger artists, sometimes a producer will just have you do it over and over until he feels like there's been enough takes that surely you've done something right. And um, <laughs> all you can do is just roll with it. I, I find though that. Whether it's speaking talent or uh, singing talent, if you're in these professional situations, it's really important for you to be able to help the client know what they want, like to be able yeah. to offer suggestions uh, without trying to overtake, you know, and, right. and dictate the way it's going to go. And that that's another sort of specialty uh, talent that you have to have when you're working in these situations, isn't it? Yeah, if they're if they're open to it, uh, unfortunately, the client that we were working with on Friday was very controlling, and mm-hmm. had put had already fired two other voice talent prior to me. So if that gives you an mm-hmm. indication to where they were at, yeah, I kind of already knew that they were going to be challenging. But good to go in I, knowing what you're going to face. Yeah, yeah, you know. So I asked for more money, uh, but. He, <laughs> I did. I was like, I'm not going to, you know, some, at some point you have to cut your losses and say, you know what, maybe I'll just. It's nice to be at the point hour. where you can kind of dictate how you're, how you're going to work. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that hour that I spent with that session could have been used marketing myself or finding other clients, mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. I look at it from that perspective, you know, time is money. And right. then, you know, we, we work for ourselves. We always have something to do. You know, performing is the smallest amount of what I do. You know, well, we're entrepreneurs, aren't we, when we're running our yeah. own ship the, the way we do. We choose the work that we want. We have to go after the work that we want and uh, have to create these environments where we can network and, and increase the no like, and trust factor with our clients uh, who can spread the word of mouth. It's just a long game that we have to stay in it consistently. Yes. 
it's interesting that voiceover is the same. What kind of training, and you mentioned at the beginning the very first training that you had with a uh, professional voiceover artist uh, and the auspicious beginning that that started, but what kind of training has helped you further your career, do you think? Uh, It would definitely be the improv classes. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Yeah, Connie, and the late, great Connie, I will forever be indebted to her uh, for, for getting me started. But she always suggested that, you know, the, the basis of any type of interpretation of copy is being able to roll with it and come up with new ideas in case the client is frustrated. Or mm-hmm. maybe you're just trying to do a good audition, you know, and you want to try and bring something surprising to the table. So she always suggested and said, always make sure you take an improv class when you're working or training for voiceover. So... When I moved to New York, I took improv classes in, in the city, um, which was very helpful. And then I started to teach voiceovers, and I would always engage my students in an improv class as well. And they loved it. They absolutely loved it because you just, you're on the fly. You have to, you know, instantly come up with a solution to a character or come up with a character when you have no script with improv. You know, it's, it's basically forcing you to tap into that creative part of your brain. Yeah, so now I just started, because um, I told you about the, the improv class, I started up the improv class again. We did our first one last Thursday night. Everyone had such a great time. There was people that were brand new to it that had never done it who were, you know, obviously a little nervous. But after they got into it, they realized, oh, wow, I can let go. I, I'm freeing myself. I'm, I'm able to say anything I want and just explore, you know, where my creative mind can take me. You know, in five weeks we're going to do another one, and already I've got, uh, you know, seven RSVPs in the first day. So, Do you do these personally, or do you do them over Skype? They're in person here on Long Island. Okay. Yeah, I find that I'm not, I'm not a professional improv teacher. You know, I don't ever claim to be. I've only wanted to just convey the things that I've learned to hopefully mm-hmm. help someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so... To me, I'd rather just everybody get together and we have a great time and explore because it helps me too because I get to participate as well, you know. And and then right. I learn from them. I learn from from watching them. So right now it's going to start, you know, just as a local, you know, anyone that wants to come right. once a month, and then right. we're going to go from there. But improv is definitely vital, I think, to voiceover training. <laughs> that makes sense because I find that in singing as an artist that it helps to take some acting classes because. It's message delivery. It's message delivery. And to learn how to focus your mind when there are so many other things vying for your attention, <laughs> how the client right. is sighing over in the corner or <laughs> right. what the uh, the dinner that you just ate is doing to you and things like that. Right. But, but you have to focus your mind on who you're talking to. And the last right. thing you want to talk to is the pop filter, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to <laughs> put yourself in that other space. Talk a little bit about how vocal training fits in to what you do and why you would even be interested in it. Vocal training is vital too, which is why I, I, I love the fact that, you know, like you and I meet once a week and it's, it's great because I've been working for a lot of years and I've developed some habits that I maybe haven't realized have been happening. And then all of a sudden, as I'm getting older, my voice is changing. Maybe my posture is changing. You know, there's the body changes and, mm-hmm. I've had to learn how to adapt around that. And unfortunately, I was adapting in the wrong way. So for me, it's good to have vocal training to get me kind of I'm hitting the reset button on myself and starting over again to really get proper 
alignment with my neck and my back and and then I can get my strength you know back with vocal training and I I used to do shows I used to sing which really kept me you know in tune for voiceover but now I just haven't had the time to do any shows at night because they're they're very time consuming when you do stay, a stage show so mm-hmm. I've lost you know that edge and so for me I have to keep the vocal training up to keep myself fresh and competitive that goes back to what we were saying, which is that uh, you really have to stay on top of your game to be in yeah. this professionally. And I think that professional voices should think of themselves as athletes. It would be crazy to be a professional athlete and not have some kind of at least coach that you could touch base with if you ran yeah. into trouble. Because at the level that you work, the slightest thing can make a big difference. It's like going to the gym for your voice. <laughs> you know, right. You, yeah, that's a good way to put it. To, yeah, you have to do that. But I, I have a tough time with my agents, especially the ones in New York, because I've come to them in the past and said, you know, I'm really not happy with the way my voice has been. I'd like to strengthen it. I'd like to work on this. And, and they look at me like i got two heads. And they're like, you don't need to change anything. You don't need to take any classes. You know, they kind of discourage it. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I want to take classes. I want to see if I can learn. Well, no, we don't have anybody we can recommend to you. That's I was... Basically, I had to go do my own search to try and Wow. You. you know, I think that that happens in singing, too, with artists. Mm-hmm. I know it does. And what it is is people are afraid to change what's working, and they don't realize that it's according to the training that you get. You know, you can get training that will change you, you know, and, and mess with it. But the right kind of training should only help you do what you do better and the only people that should know that you're not on the absolute top of your game should be you and your coach, not right. the marketplace, <laughs> not the people that you're working with. So you're right. always working above what's even necessary, you know, and that is yeah. uh, that creates so much confidence. I mean, you, you know, my to congratulations to you. You are the pro's pro at this, uh-huh. and that's why you are where you are, I believe. You know, I saw uh, Hugh Jackman. Um, interviewed mm-hmm. and he, he said he takes a singing lesson every week and I just you know I, I admire him so wow. much wow yeah and he well said, Rosie oh, Greer the football player took dance lessons wow wow yeah to, so, to yeah. keep him able to move on his feet like he did on the football field so it's like no matter how you become a Hugh Jackman or you know you get to the top of your game you know the fact that they still train and they still yeah. try to hone the skills because it is a craft. You know, all of these things, when we use our voice right. as a craft, it has to be treated as such. The last question I want to ask you is uh, for the people that are listening to us, they are into all things vocal, and you have been at VoiceOver for over 20 years now and built a very successful business with a strong reputation for quality and dependable work. I want to ask you what advice or cautions that you have for somebody that might want to enter this field? Well, the first thing that I always think is necessary is if you do want to get into voiceover, get training. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people think, well, somebody told me I have a nice voice, <laughs> so I can I just do voiceovers? <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> go get training. Go learn how to manipulate copy. Go, go learn how to, you know, figure out how to change your tone and how to get timing right. down and, and all the basics. So first things first is you've got to get training. Second thing, got to realize that there's 
a gajillion people now doing this. So, mm-hmm. But I believe that the things that have stayed the same is that if you continue to give quality product, good customer service, and be professional about your craft, then you'll continue to have repeat clients. I, another friend of mine who's very, very successful always says to me, he says, this is how we keep clients. We keep them happy, and they keep coming back, or they recommend us to someone else. So there you go. If, Simple as that. If you can, yeah, if you can just keep that you know, customer service, be prompt, always deliver quality. Don't ever give anything half done. And make sure your studio sounds amazing. Like find mm-hmm. any, any professional friend, if you have any producer friend or someone who can put ears to your sound, you know, send off a sample track and say, what does this sound like? We, we do that, you know, amongst our, ourselves here. We you say, let me know what you think of this. Do I need to change? Do you think there should be compression? Whatever. Or have somebody give you an education on it uh, so that mm-hmm. you know what you're doing <laughs> in a studio. Right. Now, voiceover talent, we have to be responsible for editing our own uh, voices and sending out something that's quality. Do you do that, or does your assistant, Sandy, or someone else figure into that work? That's one thing I wanted to ask you. A lot of the jobs that I do for my bigger clients are either Mm -hmm. live sessions where they're recording on their end, and so Mm -hmm. I'm just giving my voice, you know, over an ISDN line or whatever, or I do car spots that are very short, so I edit those myself. But I do a lot of on-hold work. That's kind of like bread and butter money for me. Mm -hmm. And so that's the stuff that I send off to my assistant, Sandy. And that's a mm-hmm. very, you know, she has Pro Tools like me in the next studio, and I just send her those things. That way I can focus on getting jobs or whatever, and she's editing my bread and butter. But the, you know, the rest of it is pretty short form. If it's a long form narration, sometimes I'll send it to her to do. But a yeah. lot of times it's usually a live session. They they already have the audio on there. And ISDN is, a, is, a, is an old technology, but a lot of the major, you know, the big networks and – Disney companies like that still use it, even though it's being phased mm-hmm. out by the phone company. Mm-hmm. But they still use it. <laughs> I don't think that anyone needs to get it anymore because now you can basically go through a bridge on the Internet to get it. Uh-huh. Yeah, there are companies now that just have ISDN lines, and if you hook up with them through, um, I don't know if you know of the technology IPDTL or no, but... Connect Live. Yeah, mm-hmm. those are all, you know, as long as you have a strong Internet connection, you can pay another company to basically hook to their ISDN line, and you can do a live session that way with a company that may need to, if they say to you, we need an ISDN, you can hire a bridge now. So wow. there really That's isn't a reason to, to get your own. <laughs> yeah, there really isn't a reason anymore to get an ISDN line. There's workarounds. <laughs> Well, Linda, I thank you so very much for your generosity and all this information. And, uh, again, congratulations on a stellar career. You are amazing. I think everyone should go to your website, uh, including any potential clients that need some voiceover. (laughs) She's the the pro's (laughs) pro. And anyone who's interested in the field, look at Linda's website, and uh, you'll see how it's, uh, it's done when it's done right. And if anyone has any questions and needs to email me, that's fine, too. I'd be more than happy to give any advice. Great. So they can email you from your site? Yes. The contact link? Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, that's Linda, L-I-N-D-A, Bruno, B-R-U-N-O, dot com. Well, thank you, thank you, and we will see you on Skype later on. Thanks, Judy. If your career involves your speaking voice in any way and you'd like to take it farther, contact me for vocal lessons. You can always find me through my website, judyrodman.com. 
Thanks for listening. Subscribe or check back soon for another episode of All Things Vocal, the podcast for singers, speakers, vocal coaches, and studio producers.